the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. My friends, I am very, very selective about what charities I ask you to donate to. One that I deeply believe in. Kids who have a parent in prison, they give the kids a Christmas present along with the Bible. And the present is signed with a note from the father or mother in prison. This is uh, life-changing stuff. So I ask you to join me in giving to the Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree Program. 888-206-2801. We go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. Thank you. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. And on my program, we do talk about everything in life. Here is an example. New York Times had a fine piece on the buttification, that's my term, not as in butt, but as in buddy, the buddyfication of many parental child relations. Remember the times when you would watch films from the 50s and before that, and fathers would refer to their son as, here, son, let me show you how to do that. Today... It's, hey, buddy, how you doing? I believe that in that one word, so much of what has gone wrong uh, in family life and in society generally is encapsulated. Because in a nutshell... Your son isn't your buddy. That doesn't mean when he, and I'm referring, I don't think, I don't think that fathers or mothers call their daughters buddy. So let, we'll keep it to the sons. Your son is 25, 30, etc. You are more friends than just, and I say just, parent-child, because you're always parent-child, it can evolve into a, a beautiful form of friendship, but there always has to be, because there is psychologically a vertical relationship. It's still my father, it's still my son. But when you call your five-year-old, your ten-year-old buddy, what you've done is erased the vertical nature of parent-child relations. And that is part of the egalitarian trend that we see uh, that has emanated from the 60s, wherein you don't have authority figures. See, if you call your son, son, you are establishing, and I'm not saying you should call your son, son. I, 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 my general belief is you call your son by his first name. <laughs> but I, I don't have an issue with son. That's fine. I have an issue with buddy. 
you have ended the authority figure. You can't be an authority figure over someone who's your buddy. Does a teacher enter a, a classroom and say, hey, pals? No, it should should not be that way. Look, first we had the erasure of Mr. and Miss and and Mrs. Or if you will now, Ms. My my point is not with regard to the term Ms. My my point is with regard to children calling adults by their first names at every age. So we had that. My general belief is this. If a young person calls you, calls me, I'll, I'll specify what I do. If a young person says, Mr. Prager, I never say, call me Dennis. But if they say, Dennis, I never say, call me Mr. Prager. That's my policy. But many, many men will say to a, a young person who says, Mr. No, no, call, no, 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 call me Sean. Not that Sean does it. I, I'm just using a contemporary name. When I, I think kids should all say Mr. McConnell. I do. And Mr. Prager, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I have often mentioned that my neighbor, Mr. Klein, I to this day, I do not know his first name. And he was my neighbor from the age of five through when I left uh, my parents' home uh, after college. Well, actually, more in my junior year in college, because I went to England. and Anyway, it doesn't matter. But my entire childhood, it was Mr. Klein. The reason for the collapse of Mr. and Mrs., or Mr. and Ms., or Mr. and Miss, is the collapse of any form of inequality. Because... That establishes a hierarchy. After all, I don't call my friends Mr. I'm 10 years old. I don't call my male friends Mr. And this is the case with Buddy. And I tell you, I have I hear it with wonderful men. I mean, really, wonderful men that I, that I, I know. This is not foreign to me because of a reading about it in an article. I hear men say, hey, buddy, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's have a catch. And it's a very, very pregnant, it's pregnant, a very pregnant thing. It's pregnant with meaning that this has happened. And I, I raise this for two reasons. There's a macro and a micro. The macro is to show you what the egalitarian impulse unleashed in the 60s and 70s has, uh, has done. And another is to tell those of you who are raising young boys, don't call him by his name. Buddy establishes a, a certain thing that you don't, I don't think most men upon reflection would like to establish because your your here's the point or a, another point your son will have plenty of buddies but he will have only one father 
So if dad becomes a buddy, he has no father. Now, I'm not saying that those of you who call your kids buddy, you, they've lost a father. I, I'm, not, I'm not going that far. But they, the father figure is, is diminished. Buddy and dude are what his peers call him. So your uh, response to this, whether you are a mom or a dad or neither, uh, you could, uh, you, but you're all sons and daughters of somebody. Interested to hear your reaction to this. One eight Prager seven seven six one eight P R A G E R seven seven six, and that's eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. And we'll begin in Vancouver, Washington. And Eric, hi, Eric, Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis. It is an honor to speak with you again. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, I I very much sympathize actually with the entire tone of your opening monologue there. And I I think and I and bear in mind, you are such a wise figure to me that I will usually, uh, you know, listen to what you say and try to figure out what I'm missing. And so I am inclined to agree with you, but, uh, you know, I, I do call my son's bud or buddy um, just sort of off the cuff. And I think, and this may fit right into your theme, in fact, but to me it's just sort of a pet name because I don't hear anybody these days of a younger generation, meaning, you know, maybe under 40 even, uh, referring to their friends as buddies. It seems that they only refer to people of a lower standing as buddy, um, you know, as in, it's it's sort of a way of putting them in a lower status, in a sense. Well, that's an interesting point. I I haven't uh, heard it that way, and you may be right that that's in the mind, but of the parent. So I'll ask you a question then. Why is this only recently in our society's history? Why only recently has this developed? If it's really just reinforcing uh, the status of the father. That that is an excellent question, and of course I don't know the answer to that. Um, it might I might be mistaken naturally. Uh, well, I might be I... mistaken too, but that's oh, that. Sure. No, no, I'm, I mean it sincerely. I mean it's it's a, a wonderful call, and it's a, it's a good challenge, and that's why I came back with the question because I do think it exemplifies a change in societal views of parent-child relations, and I I want to reinforce the centrality in a child's life of dad as higher, as an authority figure. That doesn't mean you don't you don't love up your kid or anything like that. But he, he, he's not your buddy. And he doesn't want to be your buddy. He wants to be your son. 1-8 Prager 776, you are listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. 
but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. My friends, I am very, very selective about what charities I ask you to donate to. One that I deeply believe in. Kids who have a parent in prison, they give the kids a Christmas present along with a Bible. And the present is signed with a note from the father or mother in prison. This is uh, life-changing stuff. I ask you to join me in giving to the Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree Program. 888-206-2801 or go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. Thank you. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. We talk about everything in life on this program, except I, I think I can actually resume saying what I stopped because of a technicality, because I once mentioned each of them, and that doesn't count, the fact that I once mentioned each of them. We don't talk about poetry, architecture, and gardening. They're all wonderful, by the way. They are. It, it, it is not a moral statement, and I'm, I'm not even proud of it, but I have such a commitment. I'm not joking. It sounds funny, but I'm not joking about my commitment to truth. I mean, I have been called, if you look on the Internet, uh, I'm called every name. But I, it's even those who loathe me, and yes, believe it or not, those of you who like me a lot or respect me a lot, there are people who loathe me. Actually loathe my ideas because they they don't know me, but in any event. Uh, But liar or he lied about is is extremely rare because I just don't. And so I want to be accurate about it. We talk about everything, practically everything. I guess we don't talk about string theory either. I mean, I'm not going to go down the list. Although we mentioned it in talking about the origins of the universe. So as a manifestation of talking about everything, there's an article that I'm referring to. It's up at DennisPrager.com, the article. Correct, Mr. Producer? More than a son, he's my buddy. It's a good. It's a good piece, actually. And uh, here, the they describe that buddy parenting is one of the seven deadly parenting styles that the psychologist Michelle Borba wrote about in a 2009 book, The Big Book of Parenting Solutions: 101 Answers to Your Everyday Challenges and Wildest Worries. The gist of buddy parenting is the parent's goal to be more of a pal than really the parent, the monitor, the overseer, Dr. Borba said in an interview. It becomes toxic when you start placing popularity with your kid above establishing limits or saying no. But some dad's use of the nickname is a point of pride. Shannon Carpenter, a stay-at-home father. Isn't Shannon more usually a female name? Shannon Carpenter, 37, a stay-at-home father of two in Kansas City, said it shows just just how much closer and more supportive he is with his children than his father was with him. Not that our dad never played with us or anything, said Mr. Carpenter, referring to the men in his stay-at-home dad group, but we do a lot more cooking, house-cleaning, child care activities than perhaps those that came before us did. 
perhaps because we are more involved in the day-to-day activities of our kids, we feel more comfortable with them. Well, he would be uh, he would be example number one, evidence of the type of thinking that I am sorry to learn about. I I have to reemphasize a strong father. Uh, an authority figure, a term that has only been a term of abuse uh, since the 60s, is exactly what your son needs. It gives your son backbone in life. A strong dad is a good thing. All right, and uh, let's go to... uh, Another challenge, that's from Ed in Philadelphia. Hi, Ed, Dennis Prager. Hey, Dennis. Uh, You know, I'm torn here because uh, I I, I agree with virtually everything you're saying, except I I think there's too much emphasis on this name, the problem with this name, Buddy. Uh, You know, I I have two boys, 15 and 13. I I call them Buddy. But they they both know that I'm the authority figure, uh, and they, they, they both respect me. Uh, and I, you know, I remember growing up that my father used to, uh, discipline us in a certain way and, and was what you would refer to as, uh, you know, the typical father of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, which was fine. But I, I think you're coming from an angle that everything they did then was correct and, and we can't make any adjustments to that. Well, that's not not fair, Ed, because I'm really only talking about one thing. I don't think that parenting of the past was perfect, and I'm not even suggesting that it was, but the idea of an authority figure in a a boy's life who is not his equal, Buddy implies equality. But I don't think it does. I mean, I mean, my, my, my kids know that I'm the authority figure. It's, it's an so what? We're, oh, okay. So with but but what do you again? I'll ask you what I asked the caller from Washington. What? Uh, why do you think it came about? I, I don't really have a great answer for that, but I will say, getting back to you know the discipline methods, I may discipline my kids in the exact same way that my father did. But I explain to them, I say, listen, uh, I'm not doing this because I like it. I'm doing this because uh, this is my job. I'm supposed to do it this way. I love you, but now you're going to lose video games for a week. (laughs) And I think that explanation to them uh, is something that was missing years ago. And, and, you know, I kind of wish I had those types of of explanations. I'm not saying that for a four- or five-year-old. You're not going to reason with a four- or five-year-old. I happen to agree with you. I did not like the lack of reason and just the, this is the fiat from above, and whether it's right or wrong, uh, you will do it. I I, happened to, I I chafed at that. That's part of the reason I love giving people reasons, and I think your kids should get them, and if they don't like them, they they yeah. still have to do it. I, I agree with you. I, I'm talking just here, and I really appreciate your call. I'm talking just about the term. The term... Ha- ha- have evolved for a certain reason. To go from son to buddy is a transformation in a parent-child relation. Now, over time, it may not it may not mean anything, but I think that it represents something. The uh, here is uh, what did they have this? They line up the the kids, and you would be my favorite buddy. That's he said that. One of the parents said that. 
here is as their children edge. That's not exactly what I was looking for, but as their children edge into adulthood themselves, some parents expect to drop the nickname. I think as he gets older and I need to really establish myself as the authority figure, I won't keep calling him buddy, said Lance Summerfeld, a stay-at-home dad in Park Slope. That's in uh, New York. Now, that's interesting. Park Slope, I think. Is Park Slope Brooklyn? It's Brooklyn or Manhattan. And that's so he's buddy until a certain age and then he's no longer buddy. Look, I know it comes from a nice place. Right? I understand that. I just think it's a mistake. I think what what kids lack today in in parental life is not play playtime. It's it's authority figures. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dennis Prager. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager show. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here commenting on a parental child phenomenon, or a phenomenon may be too strong a term, just a development, a new development in the course of the post-60s America. The article in the New York Times is up at DennisPrager.com. More than a son, he's my buddy. And I read to you from it. The one term heard far more than any other, and the author is talking about the playgrounds in, in a place called Prospect Park in Brooklyn. The one term heard far more than any other is generic, reflexive, and not particularly creative. It might also have the most to say about modern approaches to parenting. Okay, buddy, okay, said a father recently caving to his son's demands to be chased. Nice work, buddy, said another father, crouched low in a sandbox. Come on, buddy, let's dry you off, said a mother recently to her half-naked, crock-wearing puddle jumper. Like sport or champ of an earlier era, Buddy has quietly evolved over the last 20 years into the go-to nickname for American parents, particularly fathers, looking to chum it up with their sons and daughters. How it got there is hard to say. Good luck finding an adult who remembers his dad calling him buddy, but like timeout, we should do an hour on timeout. Whew. Buddy ain't, ain't, I don't have half the passion on buddy that I have on timeout. <laughs> and use your words. Buddy has, for better or worse, taken a starring role in the lexicon of modern American parenting. Like a lot of parents, Dan Pierce, 32, author of the blog Single Dad Laughing, began calling his son Buddy around the time he started to walk. There's something about a kid hanging on your leg, hanging onto your leg, that just makes him your buddy, he said in an interview. Do you get that? Is that one of what we call a classic non sequitur? Four years later, so common is Mr. Pierce's use of the term that it finally elicited a distinctly childlike query. If I had all my buddies lined up in a row, Mr. Pierce was telling his son Noah, five, when they were alone in the car last month, and I had to choose my best buddy 
it would be you. Okay, now it's time for a vomit bag. Now, they don't give vomit bags out on airlines anymore. I used to collect them. It was, uh, it's a, maybe a valuable collection, but it doesn't approach baseball cards, I admit it. If I had to line up all my buddies in a row, a father said to a five-year-old, his five-year-old son, you would be my best buddy. My father did have best buddies. They were his age. You're, uh, uh, tell me that's healthy, okay? Tell me that's healthy. Edgar in San Antonio, Texas. Dennis Prager, hi. Hello, Dennis. This is Edgar. Um, my wife and I have friends that are about our age, and our children and their children are about the same age. About youngest is seven, and the oldest is twelve. And I, I refer to we each refer to our children as son or by their name. But when we refer to when I refer to my friend's son, I, I'll call him by I'll call him buddy. Give me five high five or something. But I I've never given it much thought. I do see your point. And, and I'm wondering if it's being used as a means to, um, you can trust me, or I'm going to shield you from the harm that, you know, the bullying that's out there, so I, I'm going to be your best buddy. I'm going to replace what could be a good friendship with someone else, and I'm going to take that place. I actually think that any child would feel far more protected by an adult male who is who is referred to as an adult male rather than as a buddy. If protection of children is the question, I don't think there is a question as to what what name is preferred. Secondly, as I've said so often, every adult man must see himself in the role of adult male in every young person's life. I'll explain. I ask you to join me in giving to the Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree Program. 888-206-2801 or go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. Thank you. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. Commenting on a very good article in the New York Times. More than a son, he's my buddy. The evolution of a term in our time for generally for sons and generally used by dads. There's a very interesting theory because they the article asks the question, when did this happen? And uh, a uh, gene, so I think we've had her on, but I always forget how to pronounce her. Is it twenge or twang? Which one? You can't nod if there's an or question. Oh, you're nodding till we had her on. Right, he's defended himself, and, uh, and he's right. But I throw the nod after my or question. You want to go to the park or the movie? Uh-huh. All right, that's how I saw it. Gene Twang, professor of psychology at San Diego State University, uh, who has written about uh, these issues, and I've appreciated the work, uh, writes as follows. The need, uh, the need to cast our children as friends 
has intensified as adult life has become more isolated. Very. Listen to what she writes. There is research to suggest that relationships outside our families aren't going so well. We don't join groups as much. We have this breakdown in relationships. So it's entirely possible that we're using our relationships with our kids to replace some of the adult relationships we've lost. Isn't that an interesting theory? The guy who first started talking about this was the Harvard professor, whose name I don't recall, who wrote the book Bowling Alone. We had a, I had him on my show it was about 20 years ago. Just the people aren't joining things nearly as much. It's an interesting theory that your kids become your friends. Putnam, yeah, Robert Putnam. That they replace friends. That's why I say to you, You've heard me speak so often about the importance of adult friends. It's importance of friends at every age, but as an adult, and many people, to my amazement, no longer, I now now just know it to be true, don't have close friends. They're close friends of the same sex, overwhelmingly. That's why I say you should date for friends, and couples should as well, just like you dated for a spouse. That's why my cruises are so uh, popular in that way. Aside from all the other wonderful things, people meet kindred spirits and make lifelong friends. Boy, to see your children as the substitute for friends that you don't have, if she's right, it's another unhealthy development in the calling of kids' buddy. Now, I, I please, almost all of you are calling to defend that you do it, which shows how ubiquitous, how common the practice is. And I am sure that many of you are are just not only wonderful people, but wonderful parents in many ways. But I don't agree with the buddy. I, I believe it sends a message, and I think that there's a psychological need to be your kid's friend, lest your kid not like you. So I go back to another important point that I I think it's important that I have made. If you want to be liked, you will never do a good job in any position in which you have authority over another. Now, if you want to be liked by your colleagues at work, your peers, that's a different story. That's different. But if you want to be liked as the CEO, if you want to be liked as a teacher, if you want to be liked as a parent, if you want to be liked as a clergyman, you will not do a good job. Okay? Period. End of it. And believe it or not, it's even true for a talk show host. I am deeply touched, believe me, and I, I know you believe me by the the warmth that so many of you write to me with, express on the radio, express to me when I come and give a lecture in your city. But if I primarily sought to be loved or liked, I would compromise on what I believe. And then I wouldn't be good at what I do. Any position, putting the talk show host aside, any position of authority, 
And parents have to first and foremost be authority figures. As I said at the beginning of the hour, your kid will have plenty of buddies, but only one father. All right, let's go to some more of your uh, calls. And uh, Jerry in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Dennis Prager. Um, Dennis, this is Jerry. I appreciate you taking my call. I'm very excited to talk to you. I just wanted to mention that I'm not sure that I fully agree with how important you, you think this buddy thing is. And, and, and your last statement about wanting to be liked. I have 12 children. I, I definitely want to be liked by all of them. But it isn't necessarily the highest. Okay, well, that's what I mean. If, it, if that's the highest. Right. Of course, we, who doesn't want to listen? There is no normal human who doesn't want to be loved by their children. Right, okay. So uh, of, course. Yeah, of course. Of course. What I think is the problem is that people who use the term buddy often don't use it uh, necessarily to be liked as much as they, they, they're afraid of that their children, if their children don't like them, they might behave in ways that, that ruin kids or whatever else. And so they try to be the friend as a way to manipulate behavior. And so that becomes their way of teaching them to behave rather than being an authority figure. They think if they're really nice to them... Well, that's an interesting theory. That is an interesting theory. So you don't call any of your 12 kids buddy, I take it. Well, no, I do, actually. Uh, Mostly when they're very small, just as a thing to to build camaraderie. And I... And I think now I'm, I'm bouncing all over, but, but the other thing with my other friends... Wait, so wait, at what, at what age do you, did you stop? Oh, eight or ten, probably, I'm just guessing. Did they wonder, here. did they wonder why? Well, no, no, because... Okay, all right, all right, I gotta, I gotta leave it at that, that's fascinating. Buddy till eight, but not after. Back in a moment. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. This would be a terrific hour for you to play for friends. And I mean adult friends. (laughs) Not your little buddy there. It's worth... Let me say this. And I... I've been gentle. And I know... Deep down, of course, there are wonderful parents who call their sons buddy. But I still think it's a mistake, even if you're a wonderful parent. And all I ask is that you think through what has been said this hour and discuss this with your friends. You see, the self-examined life is an important thing. Ask yourself why you do it and why your dad didn't. And maybe you will decide it's a great idea. So let me summarize what we have here because of the time factor. John in Anchorage, Alaska, wants to know what I think about pet names for kids like Sport or Bug or Buck. I... Have to. I don't have a policy yet. I, I must admit, I've not thought that one through. Uh, and, uh, if it comes from the same place that Buddy comes from, I'm not for it. If it generically ar- arises, almost every parent has a nickname for a kid. It's all. It's almost uh, in- inevitable. Uh, I, I I called. Uh, David, I called him Duke for, you know, it was a nickname out of, from David, and I called Aaron Double A Ron, 
or just double A, but it's based on their names. It's not a it's not a generic. So, but that's not here or there, perhaps. Donna in San Diego says that buddy can be used in a friendly yet authoritative way. Buddy, you use drugs, I'll kill you. Okay. <laughs> maybe it doesn't seem to work as well, but maybe so. In any event, I just ask you to find out where it comes from. That's all. I want you be aware of why you're doing it. That's really what I am requesting. Dennis in your Belinda is a teacher and has been taught to be friendly but not a friend. That's fine by me. And Steve in Los Angeles is first and foremost a parent, but at times he is a buddy or friend of his son. Well, it depends on the age. I think that's true when they're older. Again, I just, uh, and Tom and Steve, forgive me, but again, they'll have many buddies, hopefully, but only one dad. Stay his dad. I'm Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain in your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.